Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce in general. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of EcomC. And today we bring you another special guest. His name is Ben Leonard, and he's a co-founder of e-commerce brokers, which is a brokerage for e-commerce businesses. Um, and what a better person, right? To actually discuss today's topic, which is actually going to be around what are the things you should be considering whenever you want to sell your business, and what are usually some of the steps you should be getting prepared for that uh, journey ahead, right? So let me not delay this further, Ben. Let me bring you here and introduce you. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming. Hey, it's good to uh, good to be on the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, Ben. I mean, I've been following for a while now on LinkedIn. I know everything that you put out there in terms of helping Amazon sellers prepare for this important step during their journey, which is the exit plan. Uh, I have also been seeing your videos, which are very funny, by the way, in terms of promoting everything that you do. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I, I like your your work and the content you put out there. So it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so before we jump into today's topic, I always like to start for sure with a brief introduction of my guest. So please take a few minutes just to introduce who is Ben, how you got started into e-commerce, and for sure what e-com brokers do in terms of uh, Amazon space. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll try to keep it reasonably brief. <laughs> um, I got into e-commerce in 2016. Uh, before that, my background was actually science, environmental science. I was the the whale and dolphin nerd in the room full of oil executives telling them what they could and couldn't throw in the sea. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I got sick with a heart problem. Uh, I'm better now. Mm -hmm. But I had to take some time away from uh, my work and my fitness hobbies. So uh, in order to give me something to do and maybe earn me some extra pocket money, I started a fitness brand um, called Beast Gear. Yeah. Turned out I was pretty good at that. And yeah. uh, eventually I quit my job, I scaled the business up. And in late 2019, when we were doing about four million pounds or six million dollars in uh, revenue, I sold that business. And it was, um, you know, most people watching this or listening to this will be aware of who Thrasio is. Yes. Uh, they have led the way in terms of the e-commerce aggregation scene. Uh, it was their first UK acquisition. And oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I sold the business through a broker. And the experience with that broker was relatively poor. And in mm. fact, there were a couple of pretty significant disasters along the way. Okay. Fortunately, we averted disaster because the accountancy firm who looked after my business's accounts, um, the director of that that firm, Allison, uh, saved the day, tidied up the, the mess of that other broker, and the deal was done. And at the end of the process, we put our heads together and said, well, we can improve on this. So let's go and do that. You know, there was no one else in the UK in particular doing this, although, you know, yeah. we work internationally. And we felt that 
with me having the e-commerce experience, you know, everything from product development to copywriting, and Allison on the mergers and acquisition side and the accountancy side, by combining those skill sets, that really put us in a position no one else was in. And of course, I had an exit under my belt, and I'm still building brands now. I still love building brands. I love everything about it, product development, um, all the way through to, to marketing. And it means that I understand what it is like to still be in that position. And uh, yeah, so that's a that's a brief background of, of where I've been and what I'm what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, to be honest, that happens a lot, right? Especially uh, service providers like myself, also in the space, we always come from the background of actually being sellers, understanding everything from inside out. And I think mm. that's perfect because we actually understand. We we went through all the mistakes. We we went through all the issues that you need to encounter as an Amazon seller. And just as you mentioned, you went through that unfortunately situation with your broker, and that actually, for sure, um, is gonna allow you now to provide a better service with Acom brokers, right? It's just a learning phase, and you learn from your mistakes, and you make sure nobody else goes through that horrible situation, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's the classic entrepreneurial thing. I think I think a lot of great businesses, whether they're selling physical products or providing a service, they existed to to scratch the itch of the founders in the first place. You know, you That's think correct. about Airbnb. The guys that founded Airbnb literally needed some extra cash. So they inflated some airbeds in their spare room of their apartment <laughs> yeah. and used the website to rent them out. And, yeah. you know, it all went from there. And so that's yeah. what happened with Econ Brokers. And that's what's happened with my new brand. You know, I'm, I'm developing a baby brand because uh, I'm a dad now. And I, I spotted oh. an issue with one of the really important products that I, I use with our kids. And I'm trying to improve on it. Um, and that will be, you know, this is a labor of love. It's, you know, it's not sort of an off the shelf private label job. I've, I've thrown upwards of 30 grand at the product development and, and it'll be coming out hopefully later this year. But it, it, it just gives you, you know, a taster of the fact that I'm all about entrepreneurship yeah. and um, walking the walk as well as talking the talk. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's all about finding an issue and a need in the market and then implementing the knowledge that we have around e-commerce to fulfill that need, right? So that's sure. all about. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I mean, I think now is a perfect moment to start shifting towards today's topic, uh, which is around basically what is the journey of, a, of an Amazon seller up to selling their business? And also, I mean, we can start with that and then we can dig more <coughs> further in things such as the criteria and all the things related to selling your business. But I would like to start maybe with the basics in terms of when an Amazon seller is looking to exit their business, what is usually the first thing that you, you advise people to consider in terms of getting ready for that process? What is usually the, that initial phase to get into the market? if a person is looking to sell the Amazon business? Sure. The very first thing that I ask them is, well, why do you want to sell? Mm -hmm. Because everybody has a different motivation for selling. And I, if I'm going to help them, I need to understand where they're coming from. Because there are a lot of services out there for selling your business, which are more just focused on getting a commission quick. But what I want to do is understand the goals, the values, what motivates this seller to sell, because everybody's got a different story to tell. You know, Um, we've sold businesses for somebody who 
has decided that they're going to buy a yacht and sail around the world, literally. And now he, he actually, yeah. I don't know where he is now. He's on a yacht somewhere with his that's, dog. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> on the other hand, we've sold a business for a, a, a couple who um, have kids that are very key part of their life. They wanted to sell the business and sort of go on a, 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 a two to three year sabbatical with no business commitments so they could be there for their kids. You know, everybody's got a different story to tell. So that's the first yeah. thing I want to know is why do you want to sell? For sure. And do you have a timeline in mind? Do you have a magic number in mind? You know, some people, they want to sell for a million or half a million or 10 million. And all of those are absolutely fine, provided, of course, that it's realistic. Yeah. So from okay. there, then we actually have to find out, <laughs> is that actually realistic? So then we start digging into the business, understanding the numbers, the niche, the industry they're in, the types of products they're producing, the quality of those products, the trends, what's been going on lots and lots of analysis to understand if their goals are actually realistic and sometimes those goals are not realistic but they they can be achieved if we do some work so quite yeah. often what we'll do is we'll look at a business and say to the business owner we believe your business is worth half a million and they'll say didn't want to sell for less than eight hundred thousand. yeah and say, you can absolutely do that if you do a b c and d and we think it's going to take you you know six nine twelve 18 months, whatever it might be, depending on the business. And yeah. for some of them, you know, we send them on their way, they come back because, you know, they were they were happy with the advice they received. Or some of them, we even sort of mentor them on a route to an exit, you know, holding their hand. But for other people, I have to deliver the bad news <laughs> that the business isn't worth what they thought it was worth because yes. they didn't understand their numbers. Yes. Or they were sort of, you know, on another planet of thinking what somebody might want to pay for it. Yeah. And that's quite common. Yeah, I think that's quite common also because I feel that the idea of selling a business sometimes is something that people don't consider from day one whenever mm -hmm. they start Amazon business. And I feel most people when um, they don't basically prepare their business to for an exit, right? They don't keep their books clean. They don't prepare for an exit strategy. They don't really have a structure in place of basically a goal and work backwards from the goal. So I think when it... I see that a lot that they say, okay, two or three years inside a business, I think my brand is worth X, one million by just a number in their head. I mean, realistically, when you see the structure and you see what they have achieved for the last two years, they're just not there. And I think it's, most of the time it comes from a misalignment in terms of a strategy to prepare for exit. Right? It happens a lot. I think that there's a lot of it is that and people, it, it, you know, in an ideal world, you set up your business from the start aiming to sell and there's you know one particularly excellent book on this topic is called built to sell by john yeah. Lorelow. great book yeah. and another great book that, that is somewhat related is the e-myth revisited by michael gerber which is an absolute must read for any entrepreneur regardless of whether you want to sell okay. so part of it is that they haven't set up the business to sell now if you haven't that's okay provided you plan with plenty of time you know yeah. i talk to people who say i want to sell in a month I'm like, well, hold your horses. Like, let's, <laughs> let's look at this. You know, most people are only going to get one exit in their life and we want to get it right. And if you've put your heart and soul into your business over the last several years, why would you want to sell your business in, you know, such a short space of time? Why would you want to rush? Yeah, let's sure. get this right. And yeah. that's why it's important to find out what your business is worth now, even if you have no, uh, no plans to ever sell, because it, you know, knowing what your business is worth 
is a really, really vital piece of information that can shape your entire strategy. But if you do want to sell and you find out what it's worth now, then you have a reference point. Great. You know, it's worth more or less 300,000. This is the work I have to do to get it to half a million. Yes. And then you know where you are, right? You know, I, I, I use a metaphor of having a map and compass. You know, you can't can't trek very far through the through the jungle without a map and a compass. But if you've got a map and a compass, you, life becomes a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's say a person decides that, okay, they're ready to sell and they have that goal in mind. It, based on your experience of working with so many brands now that you have helped them, them exit, what is usually the, the time frame that you give your clients in terms of a preparation phase, in terms of during these six months or so, we need to uh, maybe fix the bookkeeping. We need to make sure we stop <clears throat> any experimentation with new products or campaigns. So what are usually some of the tips you will uh, provide to people to start doing whenever they, they decide that they want to start that preparation phase for an exit? Yeah, sure. So. Well, for some people, they come to us, we value their business, and they're actually happy to sell, you know, more or less now. So that's quite straightforward. Okay. We can prepare the business pretty quickly and take it to market. Okay. But for other people, the amount of time between us taking a look and, and having a look at what an initial indicative valuation is, and then taking it to market really varies on what needs to be fixed in the business, and what their individual goals are. You know, for instance, it could be that somebody is doing very, very well. They have a couple of products that are ready to launch. We want to launch them and get, say, you know, a, a quarter or six months under their belt of yeah. those products getting launched, ranked, ticking over very nicely, such that then we can demonstrate when we're marketing the business to potential buyers, look, the trailing 12-month performance might have been this, but actually now we've got these new products a more realistic forecast of what the business is truly worth based on having had those new products for the last four to six months is this. So it really depends, but that's a quite a typical scenario, right? Is wanting to get a little bit yeah. more trading time under our belts with maybe it's new products. Maybe we've yeah. just launched into a new uh, international market uh, or maybe we've moved on to another channel. That's, you know, a very typical scenario. And for other people, it's just a case of, you know, for, you wouldn't believe the number of e-commerce businesses which look amazing on the outside. Great products, yeah. photography, social media is fantastic. The listings look great. But inside, it's a mess. <laughs> I know. You know, I the know. accounts are awful. Yeah. Um, either because the seller hasn't been working with an accountant or they've been working with an accountant who isn't familiar with e-commerce. A traditional one, basically. Yeah, I have yeah. Seen that a lot. who's a perfectly yeah. good accountant for, you know, the high street, but not for e-commerce. Um, yeah. And so it's quite often there can be just quite a lot of tidying up to really understand what's going on. And actually, you know, oftentimes when we when we understand that, we, we can provide the seller with a lot more detailed understanding of, you know, for instance, their cash flow position. And we can say, well, actually, we could sell your business now, but if you go and do this, 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 and this, we take it to market, you know, six months down the line, we're going to be able to get more for it. And, yeah. and that process is great because when we then present it to potential buyers, they're far more impressed because everything is neat and tidy. The T's are crossed, the I's are done. Yeah. yeah, because we've taken it through that process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I think whenever you go to market, it needs to be f clean the business all perspective because otherwise it's so easy to lose the, the interest from buyers in terms of investing and, and buying your business. However, now that we're touching on that, it, something that I also want to bring to the table is the fact that 
there are some instances that I have seen that even if you prepare the business to a full potential um, and you keep everything clean and you do everything through the through the books in that perspective, the reality is that nowadays, in terms of aggregators, private investors, all these people <clears throat> currently buying businesses, there is a, always a specific preference when it comes to criteria they they wanna they wanna see in an Amazon business, right? So yeah. the reason why I bring this to the table is because maybe right now there's some people watching this episode or listening to it, and they are in the initial months of or the Amazon journey, and they um, it would be great to bring to the table what are some of the metrics maybe they should aim down the line. In terms of heating, it could be in terms of revenue. It could be in not having too many products within their brand. So, what are what are some of the things you will say a top brand tier right now in the market has that as soon as you put it out there, people fly to you. I want to buy. Yeah. Absolutely. So there are when somebody's thinking about making their business valuable and sellable, and those two things go hand in hand, right? If your business yeah. is not sellable, then it's worth nothing. Yeah, right? That's right. And yeah. if your business isn't actually valuable enough, it's not sellable because there comes a, a there's a lower end which no one wants to buy something that's really small. Why would they? They could just start something themselves, right? So yeah. there are seven aspects that I advise people to think about. Timing. You want to sell your business when it's growing, but you haven't maxed out growth because you need to dangle a carrot on a stick for a potential buyer. They, they need to see that there's growth in there for them to enjoy as well as what you've grown. Your business needs to be stable in terms of the risk profile. So be, be selling products from a favorable niche, not something that is um, a fad yeah. or potentially dangerous or highly regulated or could become highly regulated because it's brand new. Yeah. Don't be dabbling in black hat strategies. CBD and all that kind of categories, yeah, that kind of yeah. gray areas. Yeah. I mean, CBD is, is probably becoming less risky now because it's getting more mainstream. Yeah. Um, and make sure that your business is transferable with lots of systems and processes, hmm. right? When That's somebody huge. wants to buy your business, they basically want to pick your business up, drop it into their setup. And keep it running. Exactly. Yeah. And so the more transferable it is, the more valuable it is to that potential buyer. And that kind of leads me to the, the third one, which is documentation. You know, have everything neat and tidy, recorded and organized. That's all your financials, your financial reports from your accountant, your tax documents, all your certifications in terms of VAT, GST, all that fun stuff, your company formation documents, all that type of thing. That's great. Your business needs to be defensible. It can't just be me too. And that leads me to my, my favorite thing, which is brand. I'm all about brand. Yeah. And the days of being able to sell an Amazon <laughs> account, essentially selling a mishmash yeah. of stuff are over, at least yeah, being able sure. to sell that for any decent money. It's all about brand. So have a real brand identity, sell products which are related to each other and, and serve or solve problems for a particular group of people, you know, whether that's, you know, knitters or motorcycle enthusiasts. Yeah, and have protection around that brand. So trademarks, maybe you have patents on a particular design you've got, that would be fantastic. Mm. The next one is diversification, right? You, you need to diversify your business, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Now you don't have to diversify across everything. But four aspects that I like to be diverse on or have a little bit of diversification in each is, is channels. So don't just yeah. be on Amazon UK. Or if you are, Make it really simple that there's a real opportunity there for a buyer to, to take you into the rest of Europe or take you into the US, for example. 
Yeah. Maybe be on your own website like Shopify as well, or on a marketplace place like Etsy or on Walmart yes. if you're in the States. International markets, it's really great to be in more than one international market, but again, not necessarily required provided you are giving the growth opportunity for a potential buyer to take you there. Okay. SKUs is a good one, right? You don't want to be relying on one or two SKUs because what yeah. happens if they get suspended because somebody yeah. claims that you're infringing their patent Which or happens. your factory yeah. has to shut because of COVID and they're prioritizing their bigger customers or your factory gets shut down for some reason, or there's new regulations coming, which limit you and you can't sell that product anymore. But if you have more products, you know, I, I think a sweet spot is somewhere between four and 25, then you can, you can absorb that whilst you get the situation resolved. If something happens to, to your, those two SKUs or the, that one SKU. So be aware of the hero SKU. And then the last one is traffic. So if you're selling on your own website, make sure you've got a diverse source of traffic. If you're all driving all your traffic from one Facebook ads account and that account gets banned or new rules yeah. mean you can't yeah. advertise those products on Facebook anymore, then you're in trouble. But if you've got a range of sources, Google ads, Facebook, Bing ads, Instagram, email marketing, et cetera, et cetera, Pinterest is a great one, then you know, mm -hmm. you're okay. You can take a hit. The, the second last one, the sixth one is suppliers. You know, when somebody buys your business, they're buying the relationship you have with your suppliers. So make sure that your suppliers are legit with all the right audited reports, um, the right safety certifications, social and environmental certifications. They need to be hitting uh, quality inspection targets. It would be great yeah. if you've actually met them, if you've been yeah. to meet suppliers, either wherever they're based or perhaps, perhaps at a trade show. Because... You know, if a supplier is willing, for instance, I've met suppliers both in China uh, and Pakistan and at a trade show in Germany. And I knew if my suppliers were willing to fly all the way from China to a trade show in Germany, that they're definitely pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the last one is efficiency, right? The more efficient your business, the more attractive it is to a potential buyer. So the more sellable and valuable it is. So what can you automate? You know, PBC, inventory management, email marketing, chatbots. And have you got a team, perhaps a team of outsourced uh, team members, potentially offshore, for example, in the Philippines, looking after things like social media, email marketing, day-to-day, -day, Amazon account management, all of these things make your business more sellable and valuable. And so that's what I advise people to think about. Yeah, I mean, that's huge, Ben. I mean, thank you. I think that's tons of value. I appreciate that. I think all of them are for sure very important. I always say... Uh, I mean, I, I think one of the most important ones for sure is br the branding one. I think yeah. branding one is a huge one because I, I see everyday people coming to us or people asking for advice. And, and whenever you see their product, they're just selling an, another spatula. They're just selling another commodity. <laughs> yeah. And I say, come on, guys, those times are over. If you're really looking for a Nexus, for sure, is building a brand on their point you just consider. Yeah. But I think now what I also would like to bring it to the conversation is like, how econ brokers comes into the question now let's say a person now is ready they really want to sell a business and um, i would like to i would like you to explain what are some of the benefits of a seller working with you instead of him maybe going by on on its own and finding an investor and try to do everything on his own so can you briefly touch on that and what is the value you bring on that perspective? yeah yeah absolutely so our job is to help an e-commerce business owner plan and then execute their exit so that they get the best possible deal for them according to their goals, their values. 
And when they work with us, um, we perform a deep analysis of their business in terms of both the financials, but also the intangibles, you know, getting an understanding of what's going on in their niche, what's happening in their industry, um, what's their marketing like, what's the social media presence like, what are all these things going on? And we can determine a, a, a true value of the business. And on the flip side, if somebody, you know, a lot of e-commerce business owners right now are approached, for example, by aggregators. Aggregators, yeah. what they do is they scrape Amazon <laughs> and then they fire out cold emails to Blast, business. yeah. And they say, hey, we want to buy your business. And it feels amazing. Oh, my goodness. You know, last night I was crying down the phone to Amazon seller support. And now somebody wants to buy my business. This is great. But actually, when it comes to having the conversation with the aggregator, either they're not interested or they yeah. want to pay you very, very little for the business. And here's why. The aggregator's business model is to buy them cheap, roll them up into their portfolio and sell them on. So they're obliged to their shareholders and their investors to buy your business for as little as they possibly can. And that's what they want to do. And a deal structure that suits them. Whereas yeah. the true value of your business will only be understood after you've taken it through a process to understand the financials and understand what's going in the market and then market it to a pool of buyers. So you have yeah. several potential buyers at the table pushing the value up because uh, there's almost like an auction. And so part of what we do is when we're doing that financial analysis is to, you know, a lot of people will be saying, well, my, you know, my turnover or my sales is, is, is this and my profit is that. But actually, once we've done the analysis, what we value the business on isn't the profit. It's something called seller's discretionary earnings. We don't have time to go into that today. But essentially, yeah. when we perform an analysis, we find opportunities in your P&L sheet to boost your profit. And then when we apply a multiple to that, that has a compounding effect, which really puts the value of your business up. Yeah. And then the final piece of the puzzle is the deal and the deal structure. And so we're with you the whole way negotiating the deal. We connect you with the right mergers and acquisitions solicitors to make sure that the deal suits you and protects you. For instance, some people will want an, a bit of an earnout because they can see the upside of where the business could go. Well, yeah. It's really vital that the earnout protects you because some, some of these aggregators aren't very good operationally. And so the last thing you want is for the aggregator to be running the business poorly, which means you don't hit your earnout target and you miss out on a chunk of cash. Yeah. So we need to make the deal tight to protect you in that respect. There's, you know, lots of ways that we, we make the deal um, suit the buyer. But really, you know, in every industry since the year dot, when it comes to selling their business, business owners ought to be taking their business through a mature process with, a, with a, an intermediary who's got experience on all sides, right? You know mergers and acquisitions, accountancy, has had their exits under their belt and understand what it's like to be a, a business owner and an e-commerce operator. And that's us. Um, so yeah, you know, we're here that's to help fair. business owners yeah. get their, the best deal that they can. Yeah. And I also would like to add the fact that I know sometimes I get the concern of people, oh, maybe I, I don't want to pay the fee. I want to save this. But I always say this to all my clients and people ask me that is like, most likely the fee that you think you're going to save, you're going to waste it by giving yourself directly to an aggregator or an investor because you didn't optimize your business. So that fee really is nothing compared to what you're going to make. Yeah, the fee is a return yeah. on investment. Yeah. Effectively, you, 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 you don't quite, but I hope people appreciate the analogy. Effectively, you pay nothing yeah. because the fee is more than paid for by the work <laughs> that a competent broker does and then maximize the value of your business and get the deal structure right. Whereas if yeah. you go it alone, you're going to get taken to the cleaners 
And if <laughs> yeah, you work with sure. some kind of generic flipping service, you're also going to get taken to the cleaners. Um, sure. Vincenzo, at the top of the show, you mentioned the the videos. Maybe I can, yes. I can direct people. Yeah, to you it. can bring. Yeah, for sure. If you want to um, enjoy, you know, five minutes of of light entertainment, <laughs> uh, head to ecombrokers.co.uk/slash/movie. We made a series of fun slapstick kind of videos to talk about the different ways that you probably don't want to sell your business. Yeah, I'm going to make sure to add those links for sure in the description so everybody can have a look at them. Cool. <laughs> those yes. are amazing. Great, Ben. I think that's everything for today. I mean, thank you once again for your time and all the knowledge. I think this is going to help a lot, especially sellers that are looking to sell and also those sellers that are in the beginning stages and they want to prepare the business for exit. But yeah, I mean, if you can just share uh, the last uh, details around how people can find you, how people can get in touch with your team so they can reach out and ask any questions if they have any. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so head to ecombrokers.co.uk. You can email me, ben at ecombrokers.co.uk. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just look me up, Ben Leonard. And we're on all the main social media channels. Our handle is ecombrokers. That's amazing, Ben. So thank you very much for your time and definitely looking forward to having you on the next one again. Cool. Thanks, Vincenzo. Take care, Ben. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.